teenagers, and we just felt, my husband and I, fell at the back, and we felt God calling us to step out of the boat. We'd been part of Jubilee for 15 years, loved it, absolutely loved it. Miss it, miss it, but I know that, you know, we have to step out of our comfort zone sometimes, and if we've been praying into something, and then we get pictures from God, no matter how much we've pushed them to one side, God will continue to keep bringing it to, to us. And yeah, he called us to step out of the boat, um, trust in him, and he would be our protector and provider. And so we've been part of Freedom Church now since the beginning. We've been in this building a few months, a couple of months now. And it's just absolutely wonderful to see so many of us here and some new faces this morning. Um, yeah, I'm going to bring a new Psalm 23 this morning, The Lord's My Shepherd, and I've given it a heading, Protector and Provider. Um, and in bringing this, I mean, obviously I'm aware August we do family services, so I was sort of thinking, oh my goodness, Psalm 23 is actually a good Psalm to bring. And then this morning, Phil and I, we were having some coffee, we put the radio on, and there was a service being broadcast from Holy Island, which some of you might know, I know it, it's a beautiful, serene place to go and visit if you haven't done so already, and it's very tranquil. And there was an Anglican service being broadcast, and they were singing, The Lord's My Shepherd, and then there were some words of scripture brought, which echoed what I'd put in here as well. So, you know, as a Christian, we do believe in signs and wonders, and I just felt that was a psalm. I am a little bit nervous, so you have to bear with me, and I'm, I was a teacher for 40 years, until I retired seven years ago. I know I don't look old enough to retire, but I am, and it's much easier for me to speak to 200 children doing a school assembly, or heckle you, than it is to bring a word. It's not hard for me to bring a word of God, but just to face, but at least you're all smiling at the moment. So hopefully you'll continue smiling. So the Lord's my shepherd. So I'm going to ask Sandra to come and read Psalm 23 to us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint me with the Lord, my Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. The reason I asked Sandra to read that psalm for me this morning was it's nice to have other people involved, but Sandra's one of the reasons I'm standing before you this morning speaking on Psalm 23. Never again. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, just before looking at Psalm, I just want to try and put it into some kind of context 
of why David came to write this psalm. David wrote many of the psalms. He, he was a poet, but it was lots of other things as well. So, but many people know this psalm, and I think maybe like I was talking with Denise this morning, it's a psalm that we hear when we're in school, especially when I was in school, maybe not in the schools today. But also it's a psalm that is often read at funerals. But after reading the psalm many times, I've come to realise that it's full of God's promises for the here and now, for the present and the future. And it describes how God protects and provides for us throughout our journey with him. Like I said, the psalm was written by David. It's an extended metaphor that takes the image of God as a shepherd caring for his flock. Those are the people that believe in him. So David was a young shepherd boy chosen by God. I'm not sure of his exact age, about 12 I think. But throughout David's life we see that God had a plan and a purpose for him. And we too, God, when God chooses us, when we choose God. He says in Jeremiah 29 that he has a plan for us. So throughout David's life, we see that God had a plan and a purpose for him. He was a humble shepherd who was later anointed by God to become king over Israel. And through him, a new dynasty was established and he became an ancestor of Jesus. So through this humble shepherd boy, God had a plan. He had a plan before he was born. And he, when it was called, he was out in the fields with his sheep. So, sorry, sorry, just bear with me. So in Psalm 78, verse 70, 72, it says, He, God, chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending sheep, he brought him to be a shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands he led them. So in writing this psalm, David was writing out of his own personal experience, firstly as a shepherd, and then his experience of knowing God's provision and protection in his life. And in this book, A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23, the author, Philip Keller, gives a detailed description of what this psalm is meaning. He himself was a shepherd in East Africa. He describes how a good shepherd who lives his sheep protects and provides for them in the same way our Heavenly Father protects and cares for his sheep, us. In John 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and one who lays down his life for his sheep. And after reading the book that Sandra gave me, I started to look at Psalm 23 in a whole new way. Previously, I'd have just read it, not thought much about it. And if you, through that, I think I've become a little bit of a sheep expert. In fact, I think I could be a shepherd. But, but what I say, I'm going to take a lot from the book today. I'm going to draw, I'm going to speak about this from a shepherd's perspective, drawing from David Keller's book, Sorry. and try to bring the message David was conveying when he wrote the psalm, in the hope 
that at the end you can proclaim that Jesus really is your shepherd and that if you don't know him already that you'll want to find out more about him. So I feel David is talking about how God has provided and protected him throughout his life. Last week Wendy brought us Psalm 121 and how God is our protector. So how can we see in this psalm that God provides and protects us or can the two be separated? I'm just going to tell you a brief personal story just to um, bring some kind of a little bit of my own protect. I felt God has protected me. A few years ago, I'd been out for an evening meal with some friends. It was summer, it was in July, and I was just driving back home. And it was only about half past nine, so it was not dark, it's not light, it was quite dusk. And I was driving down, and then the avenue I lived at as the sleeping policeman, you know, the speed bumps that slow you down. Not that, not that speed. <laughs> You know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm quite a cautious driver. And I was just slowing down, and we lived, we lived in quite a long avenue. And just ahead of me, I could see two guys just coming towards, in the middle of the road, there was cars parked on either side. And this, these guys were coming towards me. And of course, I'm just going 10, 15 miles, whatever you do. And I was thinking in my head, oh, come on. You know, being the gracious Christian I am, come on, move. But as they got closer to me, I was having to come to a standstill. One had a, hood, a hoodie up like this, and the other one didn't. And I thought, are they drunk? What's happening? Anyway, I had to come to a standstill. And then, suddenly the guy in the hoodie tried to get in the left-hand side of the car, in the passenger side. On the other side, the other guy was knocking at the window. And I was thinking, oh gosh, well, you, you can't think straight. And I'm locking, but as I looked, he had a gun. And it was then, so he's banging, let, yeah, let me in, let me in. And I started, I don't know what made me start doing it, God clearly, Holy Spirit, started to recite, the Lord's my shepherd, I will not be in want. And reciting that through. Anyway, fortunately my car was locked, so he didn't get in, but I the, again, Holy Spirit, I just sped off. I don't care what speed I went over the speed bumps. I was in Phil's car at the time. <laughs> and I, I was looking in my rear view mirror, and I could see them running after me. But I managed to get parked up. By that time, I couldn't see them. Parked up, parked on double yellows, went banging at the door, and Phil comes, he says, what are you doing? I said, let me in, let me in. And he's like, what? I said, I found on double yellows. I'm going to get fined. You know, and anyway, put a long story short, I was safe. I was protected. We rang the police. And that night, those guys went on to rob two of the guys, two of the men, try and get in other cars. They did get them in the end. But I just, I don't... Obviously, God, Holy Spirit, protect me that night. So, but then life goes on and I sort of forgot about it and that. So, yeah, so Psalm 23 showed protection of my life. 
But in the time of David being a shepherd, shepherding was one of the main occupations. It was a way of life. Shepherds were tough-bodied men and equally tough-minded people, working with a clear plan. They have to be ready to intervene at a moment's notice to bring individuals going astray back to safety. And a shepherd who loves his sheep will do anything to provide and protect them. So in Jesus declaring himself a good shepherd, we can be assured that he will do anything for us as his sheep, so much that he laid down his life for us. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, We, all like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Here Isaiah speaks of the people of Israel straying from God and compares them to wandering sheep. Yet God would send Jesus to bring them back into his fold. And we, as people, Isaiah said, we are like sheep. We wander, we go astray. I've been a Christian for, I can't remember how many years, a long time. But I've still gone astray. I've still thought I know best. So verses 1 and 2, the Lord's my shepherd, I will not want. When David wrote these lines, he was declaring this from his own experiences and with assurance and confidence. He had known how sheep are dependent on the shepherd for provision, guidance and protection. He had faced many situations in his life. He'd fought off wolves and bears when shepherding. He had slayed a giant. He had been through many different battles and had experienced at first hand God's protection. David wrote this psalm not as a shepherd, but as one of the flock. And we too can experience the same as David did. So John 10 verse 3 says, The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. In David's day, the sheep followed the shepherd as to where he led them. Today, in, the, in our society, we tend to get rounded up by sheep dogs and things. So the sheep recognised his voice and trusted him. And if we listen to our shepherd's voice, Jesus, we too can hear him. So, how, but how does the shepherd know his sheep? When a shepherd buys sheep he puts a mark on them each shepherd has his own identifying mark which he cuts into the sheep's ear when we choose to follow christ we too are given a distinctive mark ephesians 1 verse 13 states and you were also included in christ when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation having believed you were marked in him with a seal the promised holy spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. When we receive the Holy Spirit, it is God's mark that we belong to him. And bearing in mind, I thought we to do a family service. I thought I'd bring a little sheet that we have as a doorstop. We have a six-year-old six granddaughter. 
And whenever she used to come as a little girl, well, she's still a little smaller, she'd love to take this sheep and play with it. And she'd say, it's mine, it's mine now. And we're like, yeah, okay, it's yours. And Phil put in this poppy. So obviously the poppy from Poppy Day. And we said, it's yours, it's yours, Poppy. So she used to come as a toddler and say, my sheep, Pops his sheep, Pops his sheep. So each shepherd knows his sheep because he puts an identifying mark in. But with Christ, when we become Christians, accept him as our Lord and Saviour, he promises to fill us with the Holy Spirit. So we are his sheep and he knows us because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So that is how God recognises that you belong to him. And this invitation is there waiting for you. Because when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we know that God knows us and we know God. So second part of that um, first verse is, I shall not be in want. What does it mean not to be in want? Does it mean not lacking for anything? Not craving or desiring anything? Unfortunately not. Wouldn't life be lovely? Because when we become Christians, we don't lack for anything. But David himself had known many hardships in his life, so it's important to keep a balanced view that as children of God, we will at times experience times of lack, times of hardships. Jesus himself states that when we follow him, we must wholly and completely trust in him to provide for us. We have to take a long, hard look at our lives. We have to find contentment in him. And that can be really tricky. That can be really hard. Just while you're thinking about that. So... Yeah, so I'm mentioning David a lot because obviously David wrote the psalm and I want you to try and see where he was coming from when he wrote this psalm. So a shepherd will go to great lengths to supply his sheep with the finest grazing, the richest pasture, ample winter food and clean water. He will spare himself no pains to provide shelter from storms, protection from ruthless enemies and the diseases and parasites to which sheep are susceptible. It's no wonder Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And again he says, that I have come, that they have life and have it to the full. The shepherd watches out for his sheep day and night. And this is a sublime picture of the care given to those living under Christ's authority, that he will supply all our needs, both spiritually and physically. In verses 2 and 3 go on to say, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. I don't know about you, but um, I love to be in our garden. We've just moved house. We've only been there a few months. But we've got a water feature. And the garden when we moved in didn't need a lot doing to it. It was just full of lovely, wild, very old kind of flowers that you find in meadows. And I just love to be, just sit there and listen to water. So if you like listening to water in the garden or just being next to water in the stream. Yeah? So what do you think of when you think of green pastures? David says, he makes me lie down 
in green pastures. So I just want you to think for a moment. Close your eyes maybe. Just think what do green pastures mean to you? Sarah. Sarah's got the mic and she's just going to maybe, if anybody's willing, just to share what that image conjures up for you, green pastures. So if you're willing to share, just put your hand up. We're not forcing anybody, don't feel. Yeah. And you're much nicer than I am, I was going to force people. Well, you force some for me, you don't my behalf. What does green pastures mean for you? It means uh, abundance. So it means like a green pasture is a place where there's an abundance of food, an abundance of life. So lots of something, lots of something. said about the green lush grass contentment peace so so I've written that down when we think of green pastures our minds automatically go to lush green grass but when we put into context David was living in was an Israelite was living in Israel and Israel is quite arid and dry it only gets 23 inches of rain a year oh wow 23 inches of rain what do we get like, don't like to think. And that 23 inches of rain a year is enough to grow little sprigs of grass. The land is barren and littered with dusty paths. So when David writing this, he didn't have in mind green pastures as in grass. He'd not maybe experienced it. But, so those little sprigs of grass, shepherd leads his sheep to the grass to take a bite. It's not a lot of grass, but enough for the sheep to eat from before it is led to the next sprig of grass. God provides for us in the same way. He quietly leads us along the right paths and provides for us all we need at the time. Sheep by nature, can you, are we seeing some of the similarities in sheep and us? Sheep by nature are restless animals who, owing to their timidity, refuse to lie down. They need to be free from friction with other sheep, free from being tormented by flies, and free from hunger. Only the shepherd can free them from these anxieties. A flock that is restless and discontented never, goes what, never does well. Likewise in our lives. We too are easily distracted by the everyday things going on around us or within us. 
we find it difficult to be still. Put your hands up if you find it difficult to be still. I know when I'm, even when I'm praying, I'm thinking, oh, I've got the washing machine to empty, I've got this to do, I've got that. It really is difficult, isn't it, to be still. I think even when we're asleep, Phil and I, I'm going to share something domestic with the family. Phil and I have just got a super king bed. We've come from a double bed to a super king. And he still manages to wiggle about the bed in his sleep. And I'm like, get over there, will you? So even in our sleep, we find it difficult to be still. But when we are aware and walking in God's presence, we can start to be still and enjoy the green pastures. He, not us, he wants us to experience. He knows the green pastures and quiet waters that will restore us. And when he talks about the quiet waters, aren't swift moving rivers or little streams, but a shallow, quiet trickle of water gently flowing along. A shepherd would never lead his sheep to rapidly flowing water as it would frighten them. In the same way, God doesn't want that for us. He longs, he longs, he desires to give us peace and rest and lead us to where the water is pure and still. So we can refresh ourselves in him, a place to immerse in his deep, pure love. Isaiah 55 verse 1 says, Come to the waters, all who are thirsty, and drink. This is referring to our spiritual thirst, our spiritual need for God, our hunger for him, and not our physical thirst. So, I just need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. <laughs> now I'm looking at Jonathan, but I thought he might. I've got two bottles of water here. I'm standing there. Yeah, I'm going to ask Jonathan. I'm thirsty now, and I know which one I'd rather drink. This one is full of muck and dirt and twigs. It was clean till I came to church this morning. And this one's not been opened. It's pure, well, as pure as I know it is. It says, even fresh spring water. It's come from the spring. So, Jonathan, if I was offering to offer you, one of these bottles of water because you're thirsty, which one would you take? <laughs> that one, you can have that one, it's not very narrow. There you go. So, sheep, sorry, you've got to sit down now. Sheep, when they're following the shepherd, is leading them to the quiet waters, the still, clean, pure waters. We know the shepherd knows best, but sheep have a habit of ambling along. They're listening to the shepherd's voice. They see a muddy puddle of water. So some of them decide to drink from the muddy puddle of water. That is full of dirt. It's full of twigs. Yeah, full of parasites. That can actually kill the sheep. From drinking from this, and likewise in our lives, this dirty water can be full of the everyday things in our lives that are not good for us. That can kill us spiritually. I know if I drank this now, I'd probably be on the toilet for the next few days. I wouldn't want to drink from it. Likewise, 
God doesn't want us to drink from it either. He wants us to trust in him to lead us to those clear waters where we can immerse in his grace, his love. This, to me, this was probably what my life was like. And I still probably do take a few bits of this on in my daily walk. But I know it's water I'd rather be drinking from. That untouch, unspoiled water. David was a sinner, but yet God anointed him king over Israel. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. Yeah. <laughs> I wash my hands. And then it goes on, Dave goes on to say, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. So in order for the shepherd to lead the sheep to the fertile land on the high ground, he has to lead them through the dark, deep ravines of the valleys. This may take many days, and the shepherd will spend many hours with the flock alone. He knew from first-hand experience the difficulties and dangers he might face. He knew the wild country like the back of his hand and would never take his flock where he had not already been before. He manages his sheep with care under many adverse conditions. He has a quiet assurance that sets his soul at rest. I fear no evil, for you are with me. In the Christian life, we often speak of wanting to move to the higher ground with God. We want to move beyond the lower ground and enter into a deeper and more intimate relationship with him. But in order to do this, we too, like the shepherd who leads his sheep through deep, dark ravines of the valleys, have to be willing to trust in God. Our shepherds lead us through life's trials and tribulations. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, does not say I die or stop there, but rather I walk through it with my shepherd leading me. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 20, Surely I am with you always. The shepherd used a rod to both protect and discipline his flock. It is a sign of power and authority. The rod is a symbol of the written word of God. And this is the written word of God, the Bible. This is what it's meaning. So the rod for the shepherd. When a young boy became a shepherd, one of the first things he did was go out and look in the trees for a piece of wood. A wood is different, a rod is different to a staff. A rod was moulded and created. It became his companion. It was a, for protection. So much that it was, I can't really describe a rod, it's, a bit, it's all knobbly and things. It's not all smooth and that, but the more the shepherd used it, the more it came into the palm of his hand. And he used this as protection. And we too have got the rod. The rod is this written word. It reassures us that in the word of God we can see God's authority and it is a weapon we can use to live our lives by and to protect us. And the staff, on the other hand, I'm sure some of you will see it's a shepherd's crook. It's used for guiding the sheep gently and to lead them into the fold. In the same way in our walk with God, we are told by Jesus himself that the Holy Spirit would be sent to guide us. 
So we've got the distinctive mark that would belong to God through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is sent to guide us. And lastly, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That just makes me... So throughout Psalm 23, we've seen how our God, Good Shepherd, provides and protects us, how he gives us peace and rest. We see his faithfulness that he leads us through dark valleys while watching over us with his rod and staff. So when the sheep reach the high meadows, they do delight in the lush green grass. Have you ever been to a party or a meal at someone's house and seen the table full of delicious food? beautifully prepared, waiting for you to sit down and eat. So have you been anywhere like that? To a party and it's all there and you're wanting to get into it, you can't wait. Or you've been out for a nice meal at somebody's house and it's all prepared. Well, this is what the Lord does for us. His table shows us a picture of his abundant and everlasting love. We can party at his table of his endless love and grace and no enemy can take it away. And the shepherd uses oil on the sheep to keep the flies that endlessly torment the sheep at bay. He does this daily. Because sheep, when they get tormented by flies, can actually persuade them just to lay down and die. It can, you know, when you've, has anybody been to Scotland? And all the midges. And they're just at you all the time. It's a bit like that. So the shepherd has to be vigilant. It, he puts oil on them daily. In the same way God has anointed us with the oil of blessing, the Holy Spirit, we too need to be continually filled on a daily basis with God's Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, just do it when you fancy. Just do it. We know God's Spirit is within us, but he invites us to take of it daily, to be filled up. Before you go and you wake up in the morning, before you go out for the day, remember just to clothe yourself with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, it's like the oil of blessing. So what a wonderful promise we have. The psalm opened with a proud, joyous statement, the Lord is my shepherd. And now it closes with, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dwell means to abide, to live. So the sheep so content with their lot, nothing will make them leave their fold. Are we content with our lot in knowing we have a shepherd who is constantly providing and protecting us that we never want to step out of his care? And obviously David's life was many, many years before we saw Jesus coming to the earth. But Jesus, when he spent time with the people, he often told stories in parables. And a parable is a teaching, and it's quite often a message given to um, people with things that they're all familiar with. So he tells the story of the parable of the lost sheep. I was just going to read that. And I think... We do have a sheep that is lost in the building somewhere. And I'm going to ask Matilda if she can try and find that sheep. And anybody else who wants to try and find the sheep? Bearing in mind, does anybody else like to go and look for a sheep? It's not a big sheep. 
So the parable of the lost sheep from Matthew 18. And again, let's remember that this is our rod, the word of God. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that there are angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Wow, you found that very, very quickly. <laughs> so you stay there with Jackie. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. So we have a parable here that Jesus told himself. And the people gathered around him could relate to that, because many of them were shepherds themselves. So he had a hundred sheep and one of them went missing. What does that matter? He's still got 99 more. What happened when Matilda brought me that sheep? What did you all do? You clapped. In fact, you got a bigger clap than I did, Matilda. You got a clap. But you know, um, there's more to that. It's not just that the sheep's lost. I told you I was an expert on sheep. But obviously, it was a way of life. It was their livelihood. So if one sheep went missing, it was going to cost them greatly. But also, it had more meaning than that as well. Because if sheep was lost, Quite often, the farmer would look days and days for that one sheep because his fear was that that sheep could die. Because quite often, sheep, when they lay down, they have a habit of rolling onto the backs. And once they're on the backs, they find it very difficult to upright themselves. So you've probably heard in the Bible, cast down. And that's exactly what it's meaning. The sheep would be cast down. And while it was on its back, wiggling around, it was open to predators. It was open, its stomach would get full of, full of gases. I'm not sure of all the technical details, you'd have to ask a shepherd. All the technical, and it could die. In the same way, our Father wants to give us life. He wants to find us. So he knows that the 99 other sheep are safe. They're there, but it's that one sheep. And we too are precious to God. So each person here is precious to God. And this story to me is telling me that this, the kingdom of God is accessible to everyone. He's opening the gate to let you into his fold. So I'm going to hand over to Sarah now. Thank you, Matilda, for being my trusted aide. And I just hope that I did convey some of the message of the Psalm 23.